Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Howdy, hey, my broom brothers and sisters. Greetings, cretins. John's making me drink. <laughs> well, you know, I like to see you happy. He's making me drink. <laughs> uh, you know who else makes me drink and who else makes me happy? AdamandEve.com? No. Oh, okay. Well, uh, John Blickman. Our free good friend John Blickman is the correct answer. Pardon me. No. Uh, what is Blickman Engineering? Ser- seriously. When I see that guy, makes me smile. True. And I, you know, when I first met him, it was a little standoffish. I don't know. It was a little tense. And then he turned to you know. with that glint in his eye and that <laughs> grin, and you felt came up happy. Me. <laughs> it came up behind me, cupped, cupped me gently. No, he... Side of the head. No, um, I think when I really got to know him was uh, in Milwaukee. When uh, Justin and I went out to open the Northern Brewer Milwaukee store, and uh, hung out with him at uh, at some bar afterwards, and uh-huh. we just started talking, started telling some jokes, and I, I t- <laughs> he's he's a funny guy, he's yeah. he's hilarious, and he's just he's full of uh, good cheer. And, you know, I, uh, I got to stop you. I <laughs> when you when you said when you and John were in Milwaukee, yes. I for some reason my my brain flashed to. You know, uh, prison? No, I mean, you know, the shots. No, we didn't do time. Laverne and Shirley, the shots brewery. I mean, (laughs) the two of you there doing that whole. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. Okay. No, we were in a bar drinking. That makes more sense. Have a good time. Uh, Talking all sorts of dirty, nasty stuff. I'm surprised you weren't. I mean, when John and I talk, we always talk about components and and engineering plans. But so I guess. No, no, I've heard you guys talk. Darn. Okay. Uh, and, and, and to tell, tell the truth, uh, John Blickman is very, uh, very proper, very polite, very professional uh, person. Yeah. And you know he loosens up with his with his close friends and right. and has a little fun. But uh, you know he he treats uh, he treats uh, people as he would his business. You know very mm-hmm. professionally, very uh, properly, and. Uh, puts a lot of thought in what he's doing, and 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 that's why they're innovating your your homebrew. They're yeah. making all these great things, these new inventions, and mm-hmm. and great stuff like like the beer gun. I mean, he radically changed how you bottle oh, yeah. beer. Yeah, he, uh, you know, um, you know, the uh, Terminator, you know, radically changed how you chill beer. That's right. Or, uh, you know, um, the, Tower of uh, Power. The Tower of Power. Right. I mean, it's just the list goes on and on. The guy right. is constantly thinking. He's one of these genius engineering types mm-hmm. that uh, always has something new, you know. And, and he's a home brewer. And that's why right. he comes up with these things that, you know, yeah. and that's, that's why innovate we, your brew day. We give him, I don't know. Crap? 
Yeah, we give him crap on the air because he is a guy like us. He's he's That's one true. of us. Yeah, he's uh, he's got a great sense of humor and he he appreciates it. So uh, the fact that they pay for this show so you don't have to, I think you ought to appreciate that. Yep, I think you ought to go definitely. to BlickmanEngineering.com, Blickman with two N's. And a C-H. And, uh, yep. <laughs> and a B. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and well, check, but if check you out all their great Blickman, stuff. Blickman, you could think it was a K, right? You know, kind of like the Oktoberfest. But it's actually a CH. <laughs> right. So. Yes. Yeah, go check it out. To point that out. Uh, they, they, a lot of great stuff, and uh, you know your local homebrew shop. If they don't carry it, uh, ask them why not. Uh, all sorts of goodies there, and uh, they can order it for you if they don't have it on hand. That's right. Uh, they can carry Blickman Engineering stuff, and uh, it's all really well made stuff. Yeah, and in fact, when he when it's drop shipped to you, it he's really done a lot as well as um, designing how it arrives i mean right, the, right, you know, right. No, it hey, puts a lot of thought into that and yeah. if you can buy some little piece of part locally cheaper than he can send it to you he'll tell you it's like hey go go buy exactly yeah. this at your local hardware store you'll save yourself a bundle of money hmm. i can ship it to you but you can buy it cheaper there yeah. and uh save you some money because homebrewers like to save money but yeah. uh, but i remember i remember when my my top tier arrived i mean i was really surprised at uh how well it was packaged so you know, it wasn't. You like John's package, yes? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, it was. It wasn't superfluous. I mean, there was no no extra pieces, no extra shipping charges. Mm-hmm. It was very well put together. That's our John Blickman. Very okay. well put together. Okay. All right. So we're doing a live Q and A show today. And if you're listening live, you can actually get in the chat room with Scott and uh, ask questions of right. John and I about brewing. About brewing, about anything you want. Uh, but uh, we also go through uh, questions that have been asked uh, via email. Right. So what you can do is if you have a Q&A question for a Q&A show, you title it Q&A, and uh, you send it to brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork.com. And uh, we won't answer them immediately, but we will get to them in these Q&A shows. I got one from David. David asks, uh, let's see, carbonation. Oh, this is a, this is a pro a progasm Q and A question. Ah, very good. Assessing carbonation, I assume I assume forced carbonating occurs in the bright beer tank. I also assume there's more CO two already in solution at the commercial level due to fermenter height depth. Okay. Uh, one, how is carbonation achieved? Simply applying pressure for a period of time. How long does it take, or is it a or is a stone used? Can't exactly tip the tank over and roll it on the floor like I do a corning. <laughs> Two, how do you measure or compensate for the CO2 already in solution, or is that irrelevant unless you were bottle conditioning beers? And then he's got one on bottle returns. Let's see. Uh, number one, how's carbonation achieved? All right, so at Heretic, what we do is um, we have a carbonation stone. We put it in uh, at the bottom of the tank mm-hmm. uh, in beer, and we bubble up the CO2 through the tank that way. Okay. And it's, so we force carbonate that way. Um now, it's in the bright tank or in the fermenter? We do it in the fermenter. These are unitanks. Yes. The right. fact that people use bright tanks still, I, I really don't know. Um, there's some, really the only advantage to our bright tank is, you know, you get more beer in a vertical space because it's got a dish bottom instead of a conical bottom. I mean, there's not a whole mm-hmm. lot of real value to a bright tank versus just using a unitank. And using it like a, the reason they invented a unitank is you could do everything in the one tank. Right, universal. Didn't, you didn't need to uh, have a separate right. brain tank. And it kind of really kind of goes back to the whole, um, you know, 
single vessel fermentation, double vessel, right. two stage fermentation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's done in the one vessel. Right. You drop out the yeast. You drop out the yeast. And, right. and we carbonate in that as well. So um, you apply, you bubble this up for a period of time. You 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 actually can burp off some of the pressure off the top okay. and keep applying it and m- moving these these little fine bubbles through there. Uh, yeah, there's already some CO2 in solution. Um, how do you measure compensate with CO2 already in solution? What you do is, um, unless you can get it cold enough, uh, most of these tanks max out at 15 psi. Okay. You know, you'll you'll blow the the uh, PRV valve, right? So you're less than 15 psi, and how cold you can get the beer in these fermenters, you know, you may or may not be able to achieve the level of carbonation you want. Okay. Um, we're we you know in our current situation we kind of get to just the carbonation we want and we can't really go much further than that it kind of worked out perfectly um the way that we know what carbonation we have we have a tester so there's these testers where you take a sample of beer mm-hmm. it's got a calibrated gauge on it and a thermometer and you flow a bunch of beer through it and then you shut it off you shake the daylights out of this thing you read the gauge you look at the temperature and it tells you exactly how much beer how many volumes of co2 CO2 you have in that thing and uh, very precise there's one made by the zom not the zom nagel guys but um there's one made by them and it's like a a thousand bucks or fifteen hundred bucks and there's a cheaper one that works just as well it's like three or four hundred dollars, and the difference is it doesn't come with a gauge calibrator. If you're if you drop it and screw up your gauge, you're gonna have to go get it calibrated somewhere else. I, I mean, see. it needs to be nice and precise. Right. You can't just have some, you know. But they, it's all comes pre-calibrated. And if you okay. take good care of it, it works beautifully. What? How many? How, with fifteen psi, how many volumes of CO two can you achieve? In your beers, or does it... Well, on, you, again, you size? can't do 15, because you're going to pop that PRV. Okay. They pop at 15, so we go like 12 or so. All right. Um, but we get up to, you know, two and a half. Which is plenty for any style. Yeah. Okay. And is that dependent on fermenter size and height, vertical height? Uh, um, yeah, no, not really. Um. All right, so I, I imagine you know if you had a much taller fermenter, you know you want it to be at equilibrium. Yeah, you know um, you might get it to uh, take the CO two bubbles into solution much mm-hmm. better in a taller fermenter, but the volume being greater, and maybe it's going to take the same amount of time. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose it's we're not talking about right. Okay, pressure. But, you know, you, you mess around with it and uh, you measure, and uh, there you go. Um, all right, and one more. He's got uh, bottle returns. They're calling Ann Arbor, Michigan Brew Pub would give credit for returning the bottles in six-pack containers more than the normal 10 cents a bottle Michigan uh, deposit uh, return. Mm-hmm. I know Jay-Z always recommended using new bottles for homebrew, so I expect a bit of an editorial. Am I known to editorialize? I don't think <laughs> no, so. No. Let me tell you, though. No, uh, Here's the thing. But are you aware of any code or regulation requirements on how a return bottle must be processed to reuse at a commercial level? Um, no, I'm not. Um, they melt them down. No, uh, there's 
and fairly recently, there were still the thicker returnable bottles. They were thicker. Yeah. Okay. And um, you know, if you get a lot of Belgian bottles, you'll see uh, these wear marks on the bottles up mm-hmm. near the on the barrel of the bottle, um, up near the top and near the bottom. You'll see a worn line in the glass. Mm-hmm. That's because they take them in. They run them through a, a line again to, to clean them, and they get worn down on these spots. Right. That's because they're getting washed and reused, and they're a thicker, heavier glass. And, and uh, I don't think there's any regulation or requirements on a return bottle process because, you know, it's up to you to make sure that the package is clean, sanitary, and it's going to right. not spoil your beer. I mean, you're the one responsible for your beer. Right. So I don't think there is any... Uh, regulation on that yeah and 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 but most most um bottles to today are not meant to be that kind of much thinner yeah, yeah and so all of those in in, in michigan the 10 percent bottle deposit for cans bottles etc <clears throat> um those are not t- because they're thinner glass they're typically not reused as is they're they're sent back to the glass plant melted down and recast right so yeah it's kind of a non non issue. Okay. I, I you know I could tell, but I had to emphasize that. <laughs> Why don't we take a short break? Okay. Let John collect his thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant well thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The auto sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. 
More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're yeah. talking. Uh, I don't know why my throat hurts so much. <laughs> well, you know, you suck a lot of Ricolas. Yeah, lollipops and things yeah. like that. Man. Maybe that's yeah, something you want. <laughs> so, what? Uh, I yeah, you know, your turn. you know when you go to the doctor and they're like, you know, what's it, what's it, what's it, you're drinking. They want to know how many drinks you have per yeah, week. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's see. Uh, you know, maybe I'll have a beer, you know, here, a beer there. Yeah, you know, some weeks I'll have, you know, a beer a night. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, uh, you know, I won't have a beer all week. You know, right. Just right. not into it. I, you know, right. I'm not feeling it, right? But then I got to calculate in when we do these shows. <laughs> then it's like, okay, so I have like 50 beers. Uh, Saturday night. You know, one of Duper Strong. Uh, how does that average out? I think, you know, it's like it averages out into something, you know, inconsequential. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's okay. But they don't realize I'm drinking like 50 on a Bruce Strong show. And then, you know, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Bamforth was talking about that last night when he was giving the uh, keynote, or not the keynote, but uh, the banquet uh, talk. Mm-hmm. about um you know two beers a day very good for your health but you don't want to overdo it and you know you don't yeah. want to do 14 on saturday but um, <laughs> right. yeah but the like like we do i love <clears throat> Danforth. i think i think he's just awesome yeah he's 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 just he had a really funny thing about uh why the wine drinkers in france you know why the they're so healthy and so it's well you know they're, they're it's all the sex they have no <laughs> <laughs> i mean but he's saying you know they they eat Lots of chicken and green vegetables, and 
you know, stinky cheese and stuff, mm-hmm. and then the wine, whereas the beer drinkers are eating the hamburgers and the French fries <laughs> and, the, you know, deep fried this and that, and and beer. He's just like, by God, it's the beer that's keeping them alive. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so. Yeah. Did I, did I tell you we have a fermenter named Bamforth? Uh, or no, we it's named Charlie. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. Good. You got to know that it's Bamforth. Right. You know? Of course. Uh, he, and he he loves the fact that we did that. Oh, really? He's just like he tells his students, and he's like, ah, they got a fermenter named after me. <laughs> I, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for Great the world. Dude. He's yeah. like, is 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 Charlie going to make it to the new brewery? I'm like, oh, absolutely. And I'm thinking we'll make one of the big ones called Bamforth. There you go. Uh, he's one of my favorite people. I just love that guy. Mm-hmm. The military code for for C Charlie, like Alpha yeah. Bravo Charlie. Okay. That's Bamforth too, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. The military sure. knows. Military, you know. They they know what they're doing. They they know what's being forth. Very good. All right. Uh, whose turn? Whose turn for a question? Oh, uh, it's probably mine. Yeah. Um. Oh, your say, stack's looking a little bit thin there. Uh, yeah. Oh, and the train's here. From this 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 email is titled 12-3-2011 Q and A follow up. So it's from Scott Williamson. And uh, he says, I asked a question about fermenting under pressure in pinlock kegs. I don't think JP got my point. He oh, goes God on. Damn to, JP. Not the JP <laughs> I know. <coughs> okay, he says, I live in Texas and deal with super high heat most of the year. Mm-hmm. For the first couple of years, nearly 100% of my beers had too much fusel or ester production. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To combat the high fermentation temps, I started experimenting with pressure fermenting. All right. As commercial breweries have large fermentation tanks, they have a certain amount of hydrostatic pressure on the yeast during the growth stage. It's all based on early shows that we did talking about this. I yep. don't know. Or maybe, who knows, maybe maybe it was those early Jamel uh, shows. Huh? Yep, just, just saying. Questions from a faithful we, listener. We had good information out there. Mm-hmm. After listening to many Can You Brew It and Brew Strong shows that, uh, that hinders ester and fusel production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a fragmented sentence there. Um, but, uh, so he's not F. Scott Fitzgerald. But moving on. My process is to pitch the yeast into the keg and put my spunning valve on the gas output yeah. set at around 5 to 7 PSI. Uh-huh. After I get around 95% of the attenuation I'm expecting, I ramp the pressure up to whatever the carb volumes I want right. would be for whatever temp the liquid is at. Essentially camping, no, essentially capping the taller fermenter as I understood it. That's the heart of the question. How much PSI is too much PSI on the yeast during the growth and following phases? I do a healthy yeast pitch, oxygenate well. I also have attained a freezer, dual stage temperature controller. But I will say this one. is a very poor way to write your question. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you don't have to put the abstract on it, but uh, right. it's kind of kind kind of rambling. So I remember this question initially, and I remember, you know, kind of just blowing it off and saying i think we said something like well you know you shouldn't be looking into high pressure fermentation you know right get yourself a fridge etc etc but right um uh i think it's interesting i think um many years ago i talked about high pressure lager yeast and i think it was with one of the shows with uh, john plusade and we're talking about lagers mm-hmm. and high pressure lager yeast when they're talking about high pressure they're talking like two psi you know, one point four seven two two psi, not a, not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, not five to seven. Huh? 
Yeah, five to seven seems a little high to me. But if he's getting good results, um, yeah. you know, what I would do is suggest trying, you know, side by side a couple of different, um, you know, pressures if he could. You know, try right. a two, try his six. Um, I, I really wouldn't, I, I, well, you know, I say I wouldn't try, but, you know, yeah, yeah try a 12. What the heck? Um, you know, maybe fermenting a salt carbonate and ready to go. Uh, the, the, the problem is the higher the pressure, the more it's suppressing yeast activity. You mm-hmm. may see your attenuation drop. You okay. know, when he says expected attenuation level, I wonder what that is. It, it, is he really getting the, the type of attenuation that he should, 5 to 7 uh, PSI? Um, I would, I'd, I'd wonder about that. And, and one of the things to do, I would think, um, you know, take yourself a sample and do a forced wort test on that, or a forced uh, ferment on that, mm. and see what it would attenuate out to completely, and compare that to what you're getting at your 6 PSI. Now, um, it's not going to be completely the same right. fermentation versus, you know, forced ferment. But it should be fairly close. You should be within a couple of points. And if you're not getting there, if it's a w- big, wide, you know, multi-plato uh, difference, mm-hmm. then clearly it's not attenuating as well. And it's the pressure that's probably doing that. Um, you know, maybe maybe try a lower pressure and you s- maybe still get the same results at like 2 PSI yeah. as far as fusel suppression uh, and ester suppression. Um but you know, maybe would attenuate a little bit better. Yeah, that's that seems reasonable. I think, I think one aspect to the to the situation is that in a unitank, um, there's going to be a much higher hydrostatic pressure on the yeast, uh, and uh, therefore a much higher dissolved CO2 content mm-hmm. uh, for any given overpressure in the unitank you know, versus in a corny. So. The CO2 will be able to dissolve into the wort or into the beer, and that dissolved CO2 level is what's going to affect the yeast, mm-hmm. um, you know, processes. So, I think in a corny keg, five to seven psi may be a functionally equivalent to one two psi in a uni tank. Uh, terms well, of total concentration of CO2. Right, 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 right. Well, all right. So I think the valve versus the hydrostatic pressure, I think um, I think you end up with the same. It doesn't matter how that pressure comes about. I think you're still getting, you would get, you know, uh, if you have a 33-foot tall tank, mm-hmm. you're, you've got one atmosphere of pressure at the bottom. Mm-hmm. The, the, the thing is, you know, in a deeper tank, you, you can't just say that the pressure is what it is all the way through. It's it's not equal throughout the whole entire thing. Right. So you got 33 feet of seawater. That's right. 15.7 psi. Right. At the bottom of that, 33. Uh-huh. At the top of the 33, it's zero. It's atmospheric right. pressure. And midway through, it's seven. So you have a range. Uh-huh. So it's not always. I mean, people talk about the hydrostatic pressure, but you know when the yeast is in the column and it's fermenting, it's right. all the way up and down through okay. there. Okay. So it's it, it's not a know, static situation. Yeah, it's hard. It's, to, it's hard to equate um, when you put a spunding valve on this thing, uh, and it's a short fermenter. Um, the top is equal to the bottom. 
it's six psi in his case all the way top to bottom Mm -hmm. which is i I think maybe maybe high okay but you know maybe maybe that's the right for thing for a corny keg i the only thing i would suggest to him and i think earlier we were just like ah no don't do that I, I think the thing to suggest to him is, yeah, we should do less of this. Don't do that type of thing. I think <laughs> the, the, we should suggest how they might go Evaluate. further with that. And I would just suggest to him maybe he tries a couple of different pressures and see yeah. what kind of results he gets in a blind test. I'd be really interested in the results. True. Right. You know, if somebody could come up with corny keg, you know, pressurized fermentation for loggers at ale temperatures. And do some, you know, serious data on it with some blind taste testing. I think we get that sucker written up in uh, Brion or Zymergy oh, yeah. for him. Or so, ASBC. Yeah. So uh, let's, uh, you know, give that a shot and see see what you come up with. And if, if you're interested, let's let's go from there. Interesting question, though. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's too see. bad JP didn't get that the first time around. Oh, he fucked it up. Oh, God damn, I don't know. Look, I'm folding it and I'm putting it in the pot for you. There you go. I've trained John. You see that? He he follows instructions. Uh, All right. O2 questions. Uh, Dan in New York asks, uh, oxygen being added for fermentation and yeast health. Does the amount of oxygen flow and the length of time change depending on the gravity and viscosity of the wort and or the yeast strain and fermentation type? The answer is yes. Good. Okay. I think we're done with that one. Uh, nah, yeah, you know, higher gravity words, mm-hmm. you might add more oxygen. Uh, the, the yeast strain, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, different yeast strains need different amounts of uh, oxygen. So you might uh, go less, you might go more. The important thing is to measure the flow or keep the flow the same and measure time. And that's usually easiest right. for, for brewers. Right. There you go. Done. All right. See, that was a well-written question. Didn't take much. Okay, well, I've got one here from uh, Jason Gerbassi. And he says, hey, Jamil and John, I have a question about propagating bacteria. Mm-hmm. Can you please give some tips on the best ways to grow up lacto and pedio? Should we use malt extract or simple sugars? How long to propagate and at what temp? And any other advice you could give would be helpful. Interesting question, propagating bacteria. I'll tell you what, let's take a short break. We'll think about it. Maybe check some references. Yeah. We'll be back right after this. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. 
When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. I-10, huh? Getting tired of that same old handcrafted beverages day after day? Are you looking for something with more diversity than your normal beer? Fellow BN Army member Michael Fairbrother, owner of Moonlight Meadery, is reviving an entire beverage category. Mead! The meads at Moonlight Meadery are all handcrafted from the finest honey on the market and are perfect for any occasion, like weddings, baby showers, or... Excuse me? Mead is not your average girly drink, mister, and Moonlight Meads can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere. Football games with the guys. Yeah. Barbecues with the guys. Yeah. Operating power tools with the guys. Yeah. Um, actually, sir, that's really dangerous. Good point, son. Next time you have something to celebrate or are just looking for a new tasting experience, pick up a bottle of mead from Moonlight Meadery. Now in 21 states, making over 60 varieties of mead from dry, semi-sweet to sweet. Break out of that craft beer low. Grab a bottle of Moonlight Mead. Can't find some? Then ask. No, make that demand some. Yeah! Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. I'll tell you who also puts the testicles in the... How about the whole Lance Armstrong thing? I don't know. Yeah, I know. I've been thinking about that the last couple of weeks. You know, it's like, should our show be put in the fiction section as well? <laughs> Some of the answers we get? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you know. But I think we just, you know, is we need to we need to step up and emphasize the test part of testicle. So that we are, you know, we're, we're emphasizing experimentation. Yes. Like our good friends at 
Adam experimentation. Yeah, if you want to experiment, check out Adam. That was a nice, good segue there, buddy. Uh, yeah, and if you're into experimentation, check out AdamandEve.com. They're uh, our fine sponsor. They uh, <coughs> are giving you a heck of a deal. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. You, if you use the code Jamil, J-A-M-I-L, mm-hmm. at AdamandEve.com, you're going to get 50% half off of an item. You, you you find the giant dildo you want or whatever it might be, lube, whatever. Uh, half off the price, not half off the size right, of the yeah, dildo. Yeah, it won't be like, you know, six yeah. inches of three. I feel like we should put a finer point on that, you know. Right, right, right. You get a product <laughs> and the cost is, is half. And then they're going to give you a free extra gift, nice right. sensual gift. Okay. That apparently we can't mention. Not those little styrofoam earplugs that they give out. Yeah, you oh, no, no. You can use something good. Okay. Something you can use. Something sensual. Use in a sensual way. And then you're going to get uh, three free DVDs. Three. And, nice. and then it's not the crap out of It's not the, it's goat, not the goat guy green or? jello thing. Okay. No. You're going to get uh, to choose from genres such as anal, amateur, Asian, big breasts, big butts, bisexual, chunky coeds, fetish, gay, interactive POV, lesbian, milfs, etc. Very nice. Yeah. You get to choose three of those, and you're going to get free shipping. So you buy one item, 50% off. Free shipping, an extra gift, three DVDs that you choose. Well, okay. There you go. You can even do it from your phone. Yeah, you can. Right. J-A-M-I-L is the code to use. And you can do it there from your mobile phone at adamandeve.com. Uh, yeah, good sponsors. They've uh, been with us for a long time, and uh, I've never heard a bad thing about uh, people's yeah. experience uh, with their true. customer service or anything. Uh, and they've been very forgiving of all my bad jokes over the years. <laughs> good stuff. As forgiving as anybody could. Mm-hmm. It's asking a lot. All right. Uh, next question. Okay. Uh, well, like I said, we were we were talking about propagating bacteria. Mm-hmm. Talking about uh, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. That's right. Oh yeah. Before yeah. the break, we're talking about propagating bacteria. All right. We so, thought about it. We thought <laughs> we came up with a plausible answer, <laughs> and uh, uh, a couple of things that I know about propagating bacteria is uh, the warmer you propagate, the faster uh, it grows. Propagation happens. So, um, you know, uh, when we do like a Berliner rice or something like that, you know, 130 depends. Some some bacteria, uh, they'll 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 fart out pretty early. But you know, you get in the uh, body temperature range and a little bit warmer, and you can get up 110 or something. You're just going to speed up the process of things. Like Bamforth yeah. is is uh, fond of saying, for every 10 degrees C, you double the process. Right. right? But bacteria aren't yeast, so I don't think we really have to worry about. Say you know, you know acclimating bacteria to one temperature, then pitching it right to a lower temperature, and nothing happening. Well, you can grow it and then slowly reduce the temperature, and I think you're you're ready to go, just like yeast. Yeah. And then uh, you know, as far as substrate goes, you know what you're growing them up on. Uh, I would say at first, I think you can grow bacteria on almost anything that you know has a sugar that they right. can consume and, and and turn it, or you know, uh, some of them can even uh, work starches, I guess. Um, if you want to the bacteria to consume maltose, 
You should uh, grow them on then maltose. Grow them on maltose. If you are looking at simple sugars, grow them on simple sugars. Right. Uh, and I think that that will give you success. And the final point I have is um, if you're looking at uh, uh, aerobic bacteria, uh, aerobic bacteria or anaerobic bacteria, if it's aerobic that you want, then give grow them aerobic. aerobic. Give them lots of give them lots of oxygen. If you're looking at anaerobic, then you know maybe you don't want to give them oxygen. Right. Yeah. So but basically, acclimate them to the conditions that you intend to you want them to work in. Uh, yeah, but higher temperature. Yeah. Yeah. Crank up the temp. Speed up the process, get more propagation that way. Makes sense. Right. Good question, though. Uh, Anthony asks, uh, let's see here. Uh, Anthony, from he's from the uh, he's from Darwin, uh, Northern Territory, Australia. Ah, okay. Anthony asks, uh, let's see, uh, great show, yeah, yeah. Uh, he has how to brew, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drink this, yeah, yeah, huh? 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 all right. Crocodile. My question is about evaporation. Okay. I went out and bought a boil kettle that can only just hold 22 liters because that's what I figured I would need. Oh. Now when I do my boil, I get a good roll and I'm happy with the hot break and evaporation rates, but because the kettle is so small, I have to top up with boiling water. Yeah, we were saying earlier, top yep. up with boiling water. I need 22 liters in my kettle. That's about five and a half gallons. I lose uh, two liters to break. Uh, so 20 liters goes into my fermenter and I get 19 liters, five gallons into my keg. Is it wrong to top up with boiling water during the boil? DMS going to be a drama. Hop utilization couldn't be thrown out that badly. I think I know the answer. Nail down the process and adjust the recipe to get consistent results. It's DMS I'm worried about. Assuming an evaporation of rate of 15% and a 90 minute boil, can I add boiling water to keep my volume during the boil? Yes. Yes. I think your that's, your uh, DMS precursor evaporation will not be affected by that. Right. It's uh, you know having a vigorous boil and the ninety minutes uh, uh, the SMM is getting converted and it's getting blown off. So I think you're good. Mm-hmm. I also have a Blickman beer gun. Great thing that it is. And I have emailed Blickman to say thanks for sponsoring the show. Eh, there you go, Anthony. Cool. Very, very yeah. good. Thanks. That's uh, that's all we ask. Just uh, you know. Let Blickman know that you appreciate that he sponsors the show. He's not asking for anything other than, you know, he thinks that maybe somehow we do some good and he likes to sponsor that sort of thing. So there you are. Indeed. All right. Uh, You got another question? Uh, Yeah. This is from Russ. Um, And he says, uh, JP, thanks for getting it up. And he says, Palmer, thank you for the only writing the only Bible I need. Jay-Z, your evil twin recipe has changed my brewing life. I was never a hop head until I made that damn beer. Mm-hmm. Now I can't get enough. I, I can sympathize with that. The flavor and aroma of a late hop beer is just like drinking hop candy without your tongue being coated with all the harsh bitterness. Here's his question. My question is regarding dry hopping. Is there a rule of thumb on time, temperature, and amount? I have my third batch in three weeks of your Evil Twin in primary now. Fermentation is finished. It's resting at 68 degrees. I added two, o- two ounces of whole leaf citra. How long should I let it sit? Is there any amount of time that is too long? And should I manipulate the temperature? <laughs> um, 
I'm reminded of this guy. No, um, I won't go that way. Uh, Call me Ishmael. No. The uh, all right, a couple of things on dry hopping. Um, one is pellets are more effective. Okay. Um, you'll get more hop flavor and aroma out of out of pellets than you will out of cones. Okay. Uh, so if you want to get more, I, w- I would go that route. The, the the amount of time where it's too long, where you get too, you start getting that vegetal character. Uh. It's going to vary depending on the hops, and the source, and you know what you're doing Oxygen. in the beer and all that stuff, right? But generally, um, I don't like to leave the hop matter in there more than a week or two. I think it's too much. Okay. The other thing I've I've discovered is and. When we, um, I try not to do too many heretic stories, but I'm just learning a lot doing this. So I like to pass that information along. Um, When we started doing our evil cousin, I just told Chris, well, we're going to dry hop. And then after a few more days, we're going to drop that. We're going to dry hop again. And he's like, well, why? I'm like, well, that's the way Brindleson does it. That's the way. Uh, Vinny does it. That's the way, you know, that's the way it's done. Yeah. <laughs> because they do it that way, we're going to do it that way. I don't really care what the reason is. That's how uh-huh. we're going to do it. And um, beer turned out great. And on the next batch, I tasted the next batch. I'm like, well, no, this doesn't taste right. I was like, eh, traveling or something. I came back. I'm like, this, this doesn't taste the same. Uh-huh. What happened? It's like, ah, it's all the same. I'm looking, I'm like, well, you dry hopped all at once. And it doesn't have the same flavor and aroma as uh-huh. the previous batch. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know. So we went back to the you multiple, know, multiple dry, dry hop. And, and the reasoning is, and we're like, okay, why is this? Why does this happen? And we're we're dealing with... I mean, we're throwing in boxes and boxes of hops. Right. I mean, we throw in a lot of hops, an insane amount of hops. And in these uh, unitanks, the hops will settle down to the bottom. I mean, they kind of yeah. infuse and drop down to the bottom, and then they form a layer on the bottom. And really, once they form a layer on the bottom, you're really only exposing that surface area of that that layer. The cone, everything below that is really not effusing oh, okay. anything into the right, beer. Right. You just have whatever the surface area is. Right. So you could either boil, you know, bubble those hops back up with maybe CO2 or something like that, right. but then you drive off aromatics. Okay. You could yep. do something like Sierra Nevada with a torpedo and whole cones and filter it through there and constantly yep. flush it through. That'll right. that'll help. Yeah. Um, but if you're not going to do either of those... Uh, what we do is drop those hops and add more so they're trickling Filtering down through, yeah. slowly through the beer and do that as many times as we can, and we get more hop flavor and aroma from that. Okay. So that's huge. Now, so a long way around, he's talking about, you know, what's the right amount and what's the right amount of time and all that. In in Let's say you're using a carboy and you have a okay. broader surface right. on the bottom. Uh, versus like a conical fermenter. You have a narrow surface, and you run into the same problem. Sure. Corny keg, again, a smaller surface. So a carboy or a bucket could be a much better vessel to dry hop in. Yeah, I agree. Because you get, you get that spread out, 
fine layer of hop material. Hmm. And I'd say anything that, you know, you, you, if it starts, if the hops are getting to be like more than, you know, a quarter inch thick on the bottom, then it's too much. You're not really okay. gaining anything more by adding more. Okay. And if you can, um, you know, uh, you know, keep dosing it the way that I've described, then I think you're going to get the most out of it. So a long Very way good. around to yeah. answer that question, but some mm-hmm. things I've learned. 68 degrees, that uh, that temperature seem reasonable to you, or would you suggest warmer, or I mean, um, for for your for your beer? We we go colder. I think we go uh, like 65. Okay, you do colder, longer versus hotter, shorter. Yeah, and there's all sorts of theories right. between it. You know, I've I've heard you know use a falling temperature. Use a rising temperature. Mm-hmm. Oh, get it down to like 40. Oh, have it around 70. I've heard all sorts of things. Right. right. But we go like fermentation temperature, uh, you know, 65, 68, right okay. around there is fine. So I think he's doing it. You, see, Same he's story. trying to emulate your beer, so I think he's he's got the right schedule. Yeah, I would think so. <clears throat> Very good. All right. Let's see here. Uh, one one more quick question, then we'll uh, jump on to another break and wrap up. Um, uh, this is uh, Mike. He says, John, I have a 15-gallon stainless steel kettle that I've been brewing with for six years or so. Unfortunately, I did not know when I ordered it online it was made in China. It has bad machining marks laterally all throughout. Must have been turned on a 1935 model lathe. <laughs> Anyways, it has dark staining on the sides. I used OxyClean for cleaning. I used vinegar to get the beer stone off the bottom. But the sides are darkish, and I cannot get that stuff off. What do you recommend I do with this kettle? Mike, Seymour, hmm. Indiana, homebrewer for seven years. Okay. Well, I don't know that there's really anything wrong with the kettle at the moment um if if it's i mean he's getting that that it sounds like he's getting that tint that brown blue green tint that you get and from uh from metal that is not 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 really that stainless well it's it's stainless and even if it's from china it's still it's still a 300 series alloy yeah it is stainless um could it be the oxyclean and vinegar and all that stuff? It's really just eating away the uh, nickel layer or no. whatever it is, or the uh, no. chromium layer or whatever it is. That's no. all the acetic acid has no effect on on stainless steel. It's just, I mean, well, vinegar it doesn't anyway. Right. If you use glacial acetic, that's different. But um, or, you know, fully con- highly concentrated. Mm-hmm. But vinegar is not going to have any effect. Um, the oxyclean is a peroxide kind of thing. Uh, minimal effect. Maybe he's using both at the same time. <laughs> well, and that'd be perfect. Right. Yeah. But again, it's at the concentrations he should be doing it. It shouldn't be a problem. Because you use those, you know, like yeah. brass brass fittings and you use uh, vinegar and, and yeah. uh, peroxide. And I tell you, it'll turn those things black. Yeah. You know, if you, you, you go a little too long. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, if it's, if it's a light discoloration, um, should he, he scrub it off with a? He could use he could use an oxalic acid clen- kitchen cleanser to barkeeper's friend, barkeeper's friend, um, clean polish king, it up. Revere wear. Yeah, it'll mm-hmm. polish it up, take that off, and you get back to 
a uni- more uniform silver appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, if he does and there's no uniform silver appearance underneath, toss it. <laughs> yeah, I, but at the same time, I mean, if it's the I, the reason I, I caution people when they're building kegels and they're building mm-hmm. equipment and welding, a a discolored stainless steel is not as passive as a non-discolored stainless steel. Mm-hmm. So you have the potential for corrosion mm-hmm. on the discolored patches. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, in terms of, uh, you know, heavy use, mm-hmm. you know, you would, or, you know, continuous use, you would expect to see corrosion at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, intermittent use as a brew pot, I don't think he's going to see corrosion. Um, I don't think he's going to see uh any off flavors in his beer as a result of this slight discoloration on the pot um, i mean it 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 doesn't sound like it's a like it's an issue mm-hmm. dark ish um, yeah don't say they're dark if, well and i i would i would say like you're saying barkeeper's friend polish it up get it looking nice and shiny yeah. and then just leave it out in the air for yeah. you know a week or two and should be passivated at that point. Yeah. Well, if you get it clean, it will instantly passivate. Right. It's uh, you don't have to leave it a week. It'll, you know, it. That took a little time to build up that passivated letter from atmospheric oxygen and everything. Yeah. Well, it's it's passive. I mean, the tech, yeah. the the literature says it's passive. The only way you're yeah. going to build it up any higher is by is, doing a nitric acid passivation. Okay. okay. To eat off any exposed iron. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, in other words, chemical. Uh, modification mm-hmm. of the surface. Okay, but uh, that's really so. Just scrub it down with Barkeeper's Friend, and he's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there, you, there you are. Good. Okay, we answer that question. All right. Well, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll wrap up with uh, just a couple more right after this. BN Army Hop Tech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. Hop Tech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of whole leaf hops. And Hop Tech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's Nottingham and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeved shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams Malt Extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. 
Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Tonight is the night. Creature to life, Dr. Blitzkrankstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My daughter, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha acid. <laughs> yes, J.P. Gore, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! <laughs> Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Blickman, with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. For nearly 15 years, homebrewers have been served by one place in Michigan where you can buy yourself a serial killer. Adventures in home brewing. Did you try all those great Michigan beers at the National Homebrewers Conference in San Diego? Adventures in home brewing delivered. Did you see a great false bottom in your buddy's cooler or brew kettle? Adventures in home brewing delivered that too. And did you see that great custom brew stand? Yep. Adventures in home brewing delivered. Since 1999, Adventures in home brewing in Taylor, Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and online at homebrewing.com has been serving home brewers from the right coast. Check out their innovative 2.5-gallon keg with metal handles, great homebrew kits, and the fully adjustable anodized aluminum serial killer grain mill. Visit them in Philly for the 2013 National Homebrew Conference. Not going to make it? Check out all the fun of adventures in homebrewing at homebrewing.org. For a limited time, coupon code BNETWORK will slam 10% off your order. Join the adventure online at homebrewing.org. And don't forget to use coupon code BNETWORK for a limited time. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones, no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. Let's say, uh, Scott, uh, how about we wrap this up with a question from the chat room? You guys can listen live and ask questions. You go to thebrewingnetwork.com. There's a little link there to listen live and to, to, and to participate. You don't need a password or anything you just jump right in make up any username you want and uh you can ask questions during the show 
Uh, indeed you can. And uh, Grodd asks, uh, our friend Grodd out in Australia, uh, he asks, does a beer with flame-out additions of hops mean it should be consumed sooner to get more out of it? Ah, interesting question. Interesting so, late hop additions. Well, uh, phrased another way, I'd say, you know, do late hop edition beers, do they fade faster? Right. You know, I I, I would say almost any beer, um, you know, it has a life. Yeah. It has a, a point where um, it's a little too early, has a point where it's perfect, and has a point where it's a little too late. Yeah, yeah. And I would say, yeah... Especially, um, you know, where hop character is concerned, especially in a, a real pale beer. If it's not going to improve. It's not going to improve over a longer period of time. I mean, there comes a, a point where maybe, you know, the, the day, day one, it's yeah. a little too harsh, and that might be leftover yeast or something like that that's still in suspension. You're getting a little bit too much yeast bite. And then... A few days in, that drops out, and it's perfect. And then mm-hmm. that hop character is just going to fall off. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'd say, you know, the more you want that late hop character, the earlier you probably yeah. consume it. Yeah. I, I, Although, if you're looking for an intense hop right. character. Well, that's a, a good yeah. point, John. I think um, if you're looking for some, some other character of that late hop edition that's um, kind of mellowed out over time, and that's really what your your ideal is, then, yeah, it's going to take a little bit more time. So it depends on exactly what you're looking for. And if you're looking for something that should age a long time, mm-hmm. uh, barley wine, for example, yeah. and you're looking for an aged character with the barley wine, but you still want all those late hop additions in order to get some residual hop Opera. character, then, right. uh, you know, no, that that one you're going to leave longer. So yeah, it depends on a lot of, a lot of different factors on that. Right. But uh, an interesting question, Grodd. Uh, one that made us pause and think instead of just blather on like we usually do. <laughs> no, there's there's plenty of pausing and thinking on this show. <laughs> Don't think for a minute there's not any pausing and thinking. <laughs> no, 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 no. We just blather on. That's the way we do things around here at the Brewing Network. Got blather, blather, blather. Got one more question if you're ready. Oh, sure. Uh, Spider Wrangler says, uh, in, term, in spur, terms of uh, late hopping... And big aroma additions, is it worth doing with bottle conditioning? Ah. Well, I, I, I get... <laughs> the scene yes, that was pausing and thinking. Yes. Right on cue. It's worth doing. It's going to be a different character right. than, say, a keg. But uh, certainly it's worth doing. It's worth doing if you want what? It's If you want late hop character... In a bottle conditioned beer, then it's definitely worth doing. Well, the only way to do it is late hopping. Yeah, yeah, and just add lots. Yes, yeah, and uh, that's that's exactly. Right. I get my only point on the on the question is, well, you're the, waiting over a period of time for the bottle conditioning to occur. Right, you're maybe losing something to the yeast that's in that bottle conditioned beer that's uh, absorbing some of the that material yeah the uh, a, a kegged beer with late hop additions is going to taste different than a bottle conditioned beer with the same amount of hop right. addition late right. hop additions right but that, that shouldn't stop you from exactly yes <laughs> adding more late hop additions mm-hmm. okay 
And a, and a fine question from uh, our good friend Spidey. All right. Well, I think that's it for this show. If you're listening live, stay tuned. We're going to do one more. Okay. I mean, we got our drink on. We got right. uh, Brew Tattoo here in the studio. We got Scott looks like he's got nowhere to go. He's got no life. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. But what, what about my appearance suggests that? <laughs> well, you know, it's the same thing we see a homeless person. Uh, you know, yeah, that guy doesn't really have a job to go to. I think it'll be fine if I ignore him. Yes. Yeah. It's because right. I haven't shaved in a few days, isn't it? Yeah. That's only a few days? No, it's like two well, I think it was the, the <laughs> fact that your dad didn't invite you home to drink his new beer. So. Beer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what a jerk. He's like, no, it's perfect. I don't need you anymore, son. That's what he said. He's yeah. like, I don't have any questions. It's, beer's perfect. Right. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, and if you got any questions, I suggest uh, checking out some of the fine books in the Brewing Network store. Uh, pick yourself up. a co- If you don't have a copy of How to Brew, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Um, a lot of these questions are answered in How to Brew, so so pick up a copy of that. And it's not uh, a bad book. There's a good yeast book in there, there from uh, home, uh, Homeboy and Dog Meat. Yeah. And uh, a lot of fine things. And everything you purchase through the Brewing Network the Brewing Network store. Right. All goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network and it really helps support programming like this. If you enjoy the show, check out our sponsors. Check out BlickmanEngineering.com. Uh, you know, tell them that you you appreciate them supporting the show because that's how the show continues. So, right. Until then, we're strong. Until then, we're strong. <laughs> yeah.